This episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page Homeschool Curriculum, How Children Want to Learn. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms podcast, episode number 64. In this episode, the moms review their 2016 to 2017 curriculum choices and revisit homeschooling legally in California. <laughs> Mom, where's my math book? Mom, Mom. Honey, where's my glasses? Mom, Mom, Mom. Can I have a drink? Why is a dog wearing a tutu? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And you're listening to the Savvy Homeschool Moms. The secular homeschool support show that's safe to listen to while training llamas. (laughs) So Tina, what's the time code this week to skip to the end of our chit chat? 28 minutes, 35 seconds. And what have you guys been up to for the last um, six months? Holy cow, time flies. Yes, it's been a really long time, but let's see what has been happening. Well, let's see. Back in June, uh, when I was doing the purge and clean, I found that uh, things were not working so well because I was trying to do a lot of business stuff. So I ended up quitting my purge and clean this last (laughs) summer (laughs) to try to do more business stuff. So uh, for the first time, and that was my fourth year doing Purge and Clean, I actually quit it, which I felt okay doing because I had done it three years in a row before. So I had done a lot of purging yeah. <laughs> previously. So I figured I could take a year off. But uh didn't actually really get very far with the business stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even really sure sure what happened over the summer. So, uh, but anyway, that, that happened. <laughs> summer was mostly a bust. But I did get a bit organized over the summer. Um, we started painting the kids' rooms in June, and we're still not done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy. <laughs> I did get a new logo for Noodle Homeschool from Maven, mm-hmm. though. She worked on that over the summer, and that was really cool. Um, she's doing lots and lots of graphic designing these days. So she created, a, per my request, she created a new design for me. So I'll put a link in the show notes so you guys can see that. That's pretty, I'm impressed with it. It's I'm, pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm very proud of it. Then we had Tiran's birthday party in July. That was super fun. Another fun birthday extravaganza. Uh, this one was a water fight. So yes. there was <laughs> lots and lots of water fun galore. <laughs> <laughs> we had a blast with that. Um, and then in August, uh, things started to get a little bit scary. <laughs> and my mom had a cancer scare, which... Uh, was, uh, I think I may have mentioned before, I don't know if I have in the, sh- in the show before, but for uh, people who are un- unaware, my mom is a, what is it, three-time cancer survivor? Yeah. yeah, so she survived breast cancer, had a mastectomy, th- thyroid cancer, had her thyroid removed, and she has skin cancer fairly regularly removed. Um, so she ha- they keep a really close eye on her. Front because of all this so and they're probably all related actually except maybe not the skin cancer I'm not sure but um, because we're pretty sure it's metastasizing at this point so yeah. um, coming from the breast cancer so anyway they keep a really close eye on her she had nodule on her lung that they weren't sure what it was so that freaked all of us out beginning of the stressful summer for me in this is I think it was beginning of August I don't remember sometime in August and then right around the same time I got a call back for my 
mammogram, second callback from a mammogram, which is freaky as the daughter of a breast cancer survivor who happened to be the same age that my mom was when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Scary. <laughs> yes. So that happened right around the same time that my mom had that happen. And, um, and then that all worked out fine. I'm fine. Everything was fine. It's apparently very normal to get a call back. They just wanted to make sure everything was fine. Something mm-hmm. was blurry on it or something. <laughs> and then, uh, my mom went in for triple bypass surgery, <laughs> which happened right after the thing showed up on her lung. They turned out to find, they found out that she had this problem with her heart. And while they're in doing her triple bypass, they checked the nodule on her lung. It was fine. So, <sighs> phew. Scary. Right? Yeah. Scary. Very scary. But then, of course, she's, nah, then she was then, uh, healing from the triple bypass which is so scary in and of itself so then we had a couple months of dealing with my mom um and her healing from the bypass which actually she she bounced back back really fast so that actually was um went really really well but of course very stressful while we were going through it mm-hmm. really rough month august <laughs> and then actually the next month wasn't so bad but um and then right after that um we were, let's see, so fast forward to October, we're going to Disneyland, and the week before Disneyland, and then my mom's still recovering from triple bypass, keep in mind, she had a heart attack. Oh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're like, uh, wait a minute, wasn't the triple bypass supposed to stop that from happening? So long story short, turns out cancer survivors often have this coagulated sticky blood, and that's what happened. It clogged up her arteries and um yeah so she had to have stints put in at that point so (laughs) yes so very stressful summer let me tell you so like it no podcasting happening (laughs) (laughs) just trying to keep my sanity and all during all of this my hormone levels are going because perimenopause is going out driving me nuts this whole time (laughs) so yeah, it's just all I could do to keep my sanity together. So uh, sometime around, I don't know, the end of the end of summer, probably the beginning of fall, I wrote a blog post about homeschooling with perimenopause because um, dealing with all kinds of stuff with that. So I'll put the link in the show notes for those of you who are also dealing with the same thing because uh, um, just dealing with homeschooling and the hormones and all the stuff that deal that you deal with with perimenopause is so much in and of itself, you know, mm-hmm. my, my mom's stuff aside. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so on my side, that's a big part of why uh, there wasn't any podcasting happening. <laughs> I just was trying to stay, keep my sanity. So, <laughs> um, anyway, and then... Happy news, Inspire ha- opened, which is a local homeschool. Yes. Um, a lot of you know that um, our family and Becky's family homeschooled last year through another. Actually, Becky had moved to another charter. But at one point, we were both in a charter called Eleanor Roosevelt. And then they shut down our Fresno campus. So we were looking for something new. And this new charter called Inspire opened up. And in Inspire is a what they call a specialty program, and that's called the Learning Village, and that opened up. So that's happening. And um, so that's been very exciting. It's all brand new and learning curve and still trying to figure <laughs> it all out at this point. Yeah. But it has lots and lots of potential, and, um, and it's nice to be able around 
be around people regularly again and my kids are around other kids and I get to be around other moms and I love that part of it so and hopefully next year we'll actually have a permanent location because right now we've just been renting space from temporary locations so that's been exciting yeah happy news <laughs> I know that's awesome it's very cool and I opened a new business Yay! Uh, yes, I opened my field trips business, Tina's Adventures. I'll put a link in the show notes if anybody's interested in checking that out. Although I know most of our listeners are not local, so it's probably not going to be relevant to you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you happen to be near sometime, someplace around the Central Valley. Uh, sadly, you probably won't be able to join us. <laughs> but if you are, <laughs> there's a link in the show notes. And eventually I may, um, I will eventually branch out to other areas in California. So, so maybe you can join us then because I will open it up at some point to other people joining us too. So we'll that's the plan. Uh, let's see. Maven had her birthday in November. She's 16 now. Goodness gracious. That, I know. That's insane. And she got a, a Wacom Intuos Pro tablet for, uh, for her birthday. And that was so cool because she saved up her money for half of it and then we pitched in the second half of it mm -hmm. and that worked out really nicely because we always try to uh, we're always trying to encourage um her to save her money to to be to buy big things but this was a really big thing <laughs> so mm -hmm. it was going to take her a really long time to save up so we're like yeah we'll pitch in for the second half of it so um it worked out perfectly to get it for her for a birthday present and awesome. she's been drawing big things um, ever since. And um, she's amazing at saving money. Oh, my gosh. I wish I could save money like this, this <laughs> child can. We have uh, next-door neighbors that go out of town a lot. And um, and they do. Um, so we get money for, um, well, the kids. I don't get money for it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Kids get money for dog sitting. So a lot of money came from that. Nice. <laughs> yes. So let's see, I'll put some, uh, if I can get Maven to give me some, I'll get some images from the show notes of some of the cool stuff she's been drawing with that. She has some amazing things Cool. Um, that she's done for that. Um, and then, oh, and I didn't mention, <laughs> I forgot, I forgot the, um, the, the culmination of all of that scary stuff that I mentioned earlier was during our Disneyland trip the end of all that scary stuff that happened was that we did go to Disneyland, but the very last day, my mom ended up being rushed out in an ambulance to Ugh. hospital because she had more heart problems. So she ended up being fine. She's totally fine, but yes, more stress. So she had a whole nother heart issue SVT. If anybody's uh, familiar with that, her heart was racing from an electrical problem. And the week after uh, the vacation, um, she ended up having a procedure to um, burn the she had an ablation and um, they burn the um, connection I guess it is it's like the electrical connection so that the, it'll stop short circuiting her heart and she hasn't had any problems since so yeah <laughs> I know <laughs> so but yes big stress not a very fun way to end Disneyland <laughs> no right goodness gracious <laughs> I have to say Disneyland staff are w amazing they really are so so wonderful helping us out with that anyway so and then uh right after our disneyland trip 
actually was it during no it was adam had his birthday while we were in disneyland but right after our disneyland trip i had my birthday and i turned 46 (laughs) (laughs) i'm not afraid to say my age because i am happily embracing middle middle aged oh god don't say middle age (laughs) okay i guess we're not technically middle aged. i'm i'm planning to live a good long time so i guess 50 is more middle aged, but i don't know sure I'm embracing it. I'm embracing my gray hair. I'm letting my hair all grow out, all the gray, and I have a lot of it. (laughs) So, yes. How'd that happen? I turned 46. Oh, my goodness. And I turned 45, if you remember. And I am not happily embracing middle age. I dyed my hair (laughs) pink yesterday. (laughs) Hey, well, whatever works for you. That's fun. (laughs) Pink hair seems to be doing it at the moment. Cool. Yeah, whatever makes you happy. Anyway, so what else? Um, the other thing that I've been doing lately is learning all about project-based learning, Reggio Emilio. Emilio? Emilia, not Emilio Estimus. <laughs> <laughs> Reggio Emilia. Google it. It's pretty dang cool. Um, I guess I should put a link in the show we'll, notes. We'll put that. a link in the show notes. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to have to spell it. And, I know. Yeah. Let's just put it in the show notes. Don't uh, worry. About it. And this isn't a uh, educational post about or a recording about Reggio Emilia. Um, I'll put a link so you guys can look it up. It's pretty cool. Um, and constructivism. I'm excited because I'm learning all kinds of new stuff. I just love learning new stuff. And yeah. it's been really exciting. I've been digging and digging and digging. And then I joined the, uh, what's it called? Homeschooling. No, sorry. I got it backwards. Project-based homeschooling. Um, are you on that group? No. Okay, it's called Project-Based Homeschooling. If you guys are interested, go just go to Facebook, put Project-Based Homeschooling. And it's a fantastic Facebook group. There's a book by the same name. It's Lori Pickert. And I uh, highly recommend her. And I've been picking her brain, picking Pickert's brain, <laughs> 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 on the Facebook group, asking her all kinds of questions and comparing Project-Based Learning, the public school way versus the Reggio Emilia way. And... Uh, and comparing because she's all about child-centered, child-directed, um, more constructivism and uh, and project-based learning that you see in the public schools that you see all over the internet is usually very teacher-directed. So I've been like comparing the two and I really like the child-directed, of course, because I'm very much about that. And anyway, so that's been my life lately. I've been diving deeply into that and loving it. So awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. So if you want... Um, go on there you can if you go on there and you search for my name you'll find the threads i have all kinds of a uh, couple of threads recently that have all kinds of messages in it with lots and lots of questions being answered Lori posts on there and she she used to actually run a project-based learning reggio Emilia based uh, or inspired it's called reggio Emilia inspired um uh school before cool. before she was homeschooling so she knows her stuff so awesome. yeah anyway um, so anyway, and the school year is basically half over at this point, although I think we're going to still do some stuff next next week, simply because we're still catching up on all the stuff we didn't get done earlier in the semester because we were caught in limbo as Inspire was uh, getting started and nobody really knew what anything was, what was going on. None of us knew. <laughs> so we hadn't, I'm only just finally figuring out what curriculum, what books, what classes we're doing I think I finally got it figured out how to do it in conjunction with what um, they expect of me because this is this school is a little bit different 
in the sense of following standards versus the last school we were at really didn't care about standards. This one does. So it's been a learning curve, a major learning curve trying to figure that out. Yeah. So, yeah, figuring that out. And finally, finally, I think, knowing what direction we're going to go. We'll see how it goes. I'm still trying to decide if it's going to work for us. We'll see. Um, and, you know, future podcasts, I'll keep you guys updated and let you know how things are going. Awesome. Yeah. So what have you guys been up to? Well, um, we actually had a, a pretty good summer. Um, it started out, we went on an amazing field trip to the Tech Museum of Innovation in San Jose. Oh, was so fun. Yes. And thankfully, my mom and my brother live right by there. So they were able to come and join us. And um, we had a great time. I highly recommend it if you're in the San Jose area. I think the best part was they had like this biofeedback setup that you would put on. There was like a thing that attached to your forehead and, and it it kept track of your um pulse and everything while you were while you were interacting with the exhibits and at the Mm -hmm. end of the day then you could take it and put it on this flat screen like there was a tabletop and it would show you all of the exhibits that you had seen which ones you were the most excited by which ones you spent the most time at and it took pictures yeah yeah it took pictures as you were going around through the course of the day and um so you could see pictures of your like your hands working things it was no pictures of faces because the thing was down like at chest level but Mm -hmm. anyways it was pretty awesome and we had a great time and I highly recommend it um and then in August, um, Danny turned 14. <laughs> well, if we back up on July 4th, actually, I just realized we haven't recorded in this long. Michael Thomas, my oldest, turned 25. Oh, wow. Right? <laughs> Scary. Yeah. And, and then in August, Danny turned 14. And um, while we're on the subject, um, in December, Jack turned uh, 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We just had his party just this last weekend. Um, he had a little Star Wars party, and that was fun. And um, so, yeah, tons of birthdays um, since the last time we recorded. And then um, it just shows how concentrated all of our birthdays are in that little oh, area, yeah. of time, that little window right there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, also, during that time, um, we lost our kitty Merlin. Mm-hmm. And just, oh my gosh, two days ago? Yeah, two mm-hmm. days ago, we lost Sadie. Um, she was our doggy. She, um, we had her for ten years, and she was a sweetheart. And I miss her greatly. I, I, uh, I miss Merlin, but like Sadie, right now it's more acute. Like, yeah. I, I miss my shadow because she yeah. was always like with me all the time, which meant I was always constantly tripping on her. <laughs> yeah, okay. and because um, she's a she was a Chihuahua, Chihuini something, and um, <laughs> but. Um, but also in that time, we adopted two kittens um, to try to lessen the blow of losing Merlin. Um, mm. Plus, a house isn't a home without cats, is no, my opinion. Definitely. So we went to the SPCA, and Danielle fell in love with this one little kitten that was ready to go. And so we were getting ready to do the paperwork. And I went back over to the little um, cage where the kitten was, and there was another little kitten in there. And I said, oh, no. I said, <laughs> is that this kitten's like brother or sister? And they're like, yeah, that's, that's her brother. And uh, they came in together and I was like, Oh God. Okay. So we'll have to take them both. (laughs) I just couldn't see splitting them up. I mean, that's just cruel. So we now have a brother and sister. Their names are Comet. That's the sister and Crowley Dresden Holmes, King of Hell and consulting magician for hire. (laughs) You can probably tell which cat is mine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
I don't, I never give my animals one name. Like <laughs> my dog was Tristan. I mean, my, my dog when I was young was Tristan Morrissey Bailey, you know, and, and Sadie is Sadie Lou who, who's just barely two, even though she's not barely two anymore, but that was like her full name. <laughs> All of my animals have full names. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, also in good news, longtime listeners may have remember me talking about the Rogue Festival. Mm-hmm. That's our little arts, independent arts um, festival that goes on here in Fresno at the, in the springtime. You've probably heard Tina and I talk about how um, I tell Tina, don't talk to me about anything in February. Yeah. <laughs> the Rogue Festival has my entire brain for the month of February. Sure. Well, it's going to be have my brain a little bit more now because I am now in charge of the entire um, IT department for the Rogue Festival. <laughs> Um, which means more work, but um, it's definitely worth it. Uh, the Rogue is an amazing thing. And if anybody is near Fresno um, at that time of year, come visit us at the Rogue Festival. I would love to see you. Um, um, if you see the girl with the pink hair or the, hair or the purple hair, uh, I'll make sure I update my hair color as we get closer. Uh, come say hi. <laughs> um, also, recently we went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium for their homeschool day. Um, we love the Monterey Bay Aquarium homeschool days. Um, it's something they do every year. They open up the, the aquarium for a few days a year for homeschoolers. It's free. They have their labs open just like it, like they do for school field trips. Um, and it's amazing. It's filled with homeschoolers. Um, and uh, in addition, this year, you know, Pokemon Go just recently. Um, oh, yeah. I, some of you may have heard of this this game. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's kind of, um, it's not really well known yet, but I think it's going to be big. <laughs> we had a great time because in the Valley, we only get like ratatats and, and like birds and stuff. Like nothing fun, right? Yeah. We go to Monterey and it was like magic carps everywhere. <laughs> Tentacruels. It was fantastic. We got all sorts of Pokemon we had never even seen in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny for her birthday got a Wacom digital drawing tablet like um, uh, Maven did oh yeah yeah um, she got a slightly different one than than Maven did but mm-hmm. um, she has been every day every yeah. day and yeah. and um, she makes speed draw videos and she posts them to her um, YouTube account and um, she also makes drawings and posts them to her DeviantArt account. And I have asked permission and she said, yes, I may share the links to those in the show notes. So if anybody's interested, um, Danny also made a really excellent um, tutorial on how to use Paint Tool Sci, which is the art program that she uses, the drawing program she uses. Mm-hmm. Um, she researched it all herself and, and figured out that's the one she needed. And even though I literally have Adobe Suite sitting in my hand right now, <laughs> um, she still uses Paint Tool Sci for everything. Thing. Um, and she loves it and she made a great tutorial that's on her YouTube account for anyone who might be interested in checking that out oh cool um, let's see Oh, so Tina mentioned that we have moved over to the charter school Inspire. And one of the awesome things about Inspire is fundage. Yes. <laughs> I love this. They, um, at the beginning of the year, they give us a certain amount of money that can be used for curriculum, enrichment, programs, classes. Um, pretty much if you can find an educational use for it, they'll approve it. And just between you and me, currently, I'm trying to convince them that I need um a uh, VR headset. <laughs> it, it's kind of like a, it's like it's a contest. Educational, sure. <laughs> oh, well, I, I hope Beth doesn't listen to the show because 
um, Beth keeps asking me, like, so what would this be used for? And I give her, like, these really excellent but vague answers. Like, well, Danielle is really interested in um, exploring art in a 3D space. <laughs> and I'm, like, just trying well, to figure out. Could, though. I know. That's the whole thing. Danielle wrote a whole essay with photographs and everything yeah. about how this thing could be educational. But it's $800. Oh, my heavens. That would be a huge chunk of your money. It really would, but it would be worth it because yeah. we would have it for the whole four years yeah. and, you know, it would be, it would be a one-time expense, but then we would have it for the whole four years. Oh, so right, that would be right. awesome. Plus I don't need curriculum. So yeah. <laughs> that makes it a lot easier. Sure. Um, so I will keep you guys informed on whether I am able to get that passed through <laughs> so far. Not yet, but fingers are crossed. <laughs> I haven't shared the essay with her yet either. I'm waiting for the right time to, when she goes, well, maybe we need to know some of the educational uses. Like, oh, well, I'm glad you asked. Here's this essay that Danielle wrote. Did she? Um, not yet. Uh, not oh. yet. I'm waiting for the right time to spring the essay on her. Because, oh, on Danny. Okay. No, no, on, on Beth. Oh, did she write it already? Oh, yeah, Danny wrote oh, it. Oh, she ready. did. Okay. Got oh, yeah, I made her write it before I put it in it for Oh, more. okay. So she has figured out the educational uses. Oh, yeah. Okay, Danielle knows all go. the educational uses. There you go. So, um, fingers crossed, we can get that through. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what we have gotten through lately is some really awesome subscriptions. Um, we got Radish Kids, which is a cooking subscription, Doodle Crate, which is a craft subscription, and Tinker Crate, which is um, like what do you say stem science kind of stuff mm-hmm. um so we've gotten doodle crate for a while we got that with the old school and um it is a joy every month in fact i when it comes in during school time i kind of get irritated because i know that i'm not going to have her attention <laughs> at all until she has gone through everything in the box um she loves the craft projects she's got the hanging stuff hanging over all, all her walls that she's made she made herself a little cork board message board like and then she made tax to go in it and everything and um being able to personalize the stuff is really neat Mm. um we also got our first tinker crate Mm -hmm. jack had a great time there was an atom it was an automaton um machine that you made you turned a crank and it made these little balls go around in a pattern it was really cool but what was really neat about it was okay so it comes with this main project and all the stuff to do the main project. But then it also has other side projects that you can do, like with the empty box. Sometimes there's some cardboard stuff in there. This time there was an extra um, couple of things. And um, one of the things that they had in there was an automaton art butterfly that when you turn the crank the butterfly flaps its wings and it just so happened to line up perfectly with our reading of the Choctaw myth of how butterflies were created right awesome right and as much as I love moving beyond the page the automaton butterfly really was more concrete for Jack than making a tissue paper and clothespin butterfly would have been you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because that's way more his area of interest sure and speaking of Jack, he has recently started speech therapy and OT online. It's so interesting. Um, I didn't know that it would be possible to do this, but it's all done via webcam. And um, so far, I am cautiously optimistic that it's going to work for us. Um, cool. We did a two-hour OT assessment last week, and um, I was very nervous that it was going to not go well. But it went amazing. Awesome. Um, 
And um, thankfully, Jack has tons and tons of Skype experience, thanks to Tieran. Yeah. <laughs> they're on there right now. Yeah, they're out there right oh, now. I actually, I think they finished. Tieran just came in here. <laughs> oh, I, 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 there are times during the day when I've got one Skyping in the living room and I've got one Skyping with another friend in her room and they're <laughs> both talking and laughing. It's hilarious. So he is really super comfortable with that technology. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped a lot. Yeah, with sure you know, being able to um, transition over to doing his services online. Mm -hmm. But we are currently in the middle of redoing all of his assessments for his IEP because of Summit, uh, the charter school we were with last semester that was not successful. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's as far as I'll go with that. Not successful. Uh, (laughs) Our IEP was a year out of date, which uh, means that they, the school will start with it, but they need all new assessments for everything sure so that's been a ton of fun anyone who has an IEP probably can uh, relate to how much fun it is to do assessments but um, thankfully we've only got two left and um, one of the ones we have left is a three to four hour um, assessment at the library so that's going to be rough but moving forward um, and so far Inspire is working out really well yeah yep awesome All right, so now we're going to um, do what we usually do at the beginning of each school year, even though it's a little farther into the than the beginning. We're going to talk about (laughs) a little, but I know Tina and I both we've been really up in the air. Like we're really just now starting to solidify into something. So yeah, it's kind of good. I think that we held off a little bit this time. Yeah, but we're going to talk about the curriculum and things that we're using for this year with our children. Then we're going to go and revisit a topic that we did way back on episode two, homeschooling legally in California. We feel like now we've um, gotten a little better at this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Slightly better than we were in episode two. And we noticed there were a few things that we missed. Yep. So hopefully this new revised version will include all of the information that you need. So, Tina, what are you guys using this year? So here's the plan. <laughs> Whether or not we stick with it remains to be seen. And like you said, we've only just solidified. And actually, I don't even know how solid this is. Uh, Actually, (laughs) this week, I've only just put some of these on the schedule. Um, Maven, who is in 10th grade, is going to be using Brave Rider Help for High high School, um, which anything Brave Rider is amazing. If you guys want to learn more about Brave Writer, refer back to our interview with Julie Bogart because she's amazing and I can't say enough about her. Um, having a hard time getting her started on it because she hates writing so much, but I think it's going to be wonderful once she gets into it. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> if I can convince her it's not as horrible as she thinks. <laughs> yeah. Now, Julie's got a really wonderful curriculum. I just have to convince my 16-year-old of it. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, so anyway, there's, uh, that's her English curriculum. Um, for 10th grade, she is doing earth science. So we discovered that CK12, which is ck12.org is an online free, uh, curriculum, which is in line with the standards. So, which this new school, it's, um, important to them. I could care less. (laughs) (laughs) So um, that's important to them. So I'm trying to stick with it. And actually, um, I chose this curriculum specifically because it actually is kind of cool. So um, we're doing earth science concepts for high school, which is a, they call it a flex book. 
on CK12. Have you ever yeah. looked at CK12? I have looked at CK12. It looks pretty awesome, actually. Yeah. Now, not all of them are awesome. Um, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> I did look at some other stuff. Um, well, although the one that I found that wasn't awesome was um, user-generated. So I think it's hit or miss if you pick a book that's user-generated. That makes sense. Yeah, because it's like... Um, I don't even know if it was a teacher that created it or what, but whoever created the one that I looked at, they obviously pulled from various sources. So like each chapter was obviously like, it was like a different voice because they pulled from different right. sources. It was like a different author for each chapter. And some of them were well-written and some of them were really dry and boring, like the textbooks we grew up with. So ah. <laughs> CK12 generated content from what I've seen so far, and I haven't dug that deeply into it, is actually mostly interesting i actually found it i mean it's not like my kids are going yay we get to do science <laughs> but they're not like hating it so that's the, that's enough for me for now mm -hmm. <laughs> my daughter even has said no it's actually it's actually pretty interesting so she's admitting that it's actually interesting cool so um and what i love about it is it's not just reading content and then answering questions on a quiz it's like uh, oh, and the pages are not like busy with, you know how textbooks have like all kinds of blocks, like it'll have like yeah. the main text and then it'll have like little blocks of yeah. squares next to it. Like for me, maybe some people can handle that. But for me, that's too distracting. I can't handle that. <laughs> it drives me bananas. And my daughter apparently feels the same way because I was talking to her about it. And she's like, oh, I know I hate that. Yeah. This doesn't have that. It's just the content in the middle. That's it. Boom. Nothing on the sides to read. Very and cool. um, yeah, and it's. And the chapters are short. And then as you go through the chapter, they have embedded videos. And the videos are very short. Most of them are under 10 minutes. And they're actually interesting videos. <laughs> so, cool. yeah, there's some, they're, they're, they're short. They're interesting. I mean, there's some in there that are not as interesting as others, of course. But, um, but for the most part, everything that I've seen so far, and I've been going along with it, because after she does because she's a 10th grader. So after she does it, I'll go through and I read it too, because just because I want to read it. I don't probably need to do this, but I do it because I want to read it because I want to see what, like, there's no answer key that I found for this specific book. Some books do have answer keys, but this mm -hmm. one doesn't have an answer key. So when she gets to the review questions, I kind of need to know what she's read. <laughs> yeah. So I've read it too, because it's short. I can, I can kind of whiz through it really quick. And, um, and then I know whether or not she actually answered it coherently <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I have her write the questions and write the answers to it and then there's at the very bottom there's like a video where it's got questions that go that you pull from the answers from the video and they're usually like in order in that so I you know she just sits there pauses it writes the answer as she goes so she's actually pulling the content from the video uh -huh. which which is not not too difficult so um but what I really like is the review questions are actually like making them think like about what they just learned about they have to like think about it right so, which is important to high school. So, Definitely. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, she's like, she's, I wouldn't say she's liking it per se, but <laughs> she says it's tolerable. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best she can get. I know. I know. And she really likes science. So I think that's why this is working because she really likes science. The topic is interesting. Now, granted, we're still in the beginning phases. So we haven't gotten like, sh we're still talking about like what science is, what's the scientific method, blah, 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 blah. So probably the least interesting topics so far, she hasn't gotten into like, you know, volcanoes and weather and, you know, like the interesting topics yet. So she probably will like it even more once she gets into more interesting topics too. So I mm -hmm. think. She's already saying that it's interesting, so I think it's going to get even better when she gets into, like, actual, you know, cool core topics. So, Cool. Yeah. 
yeah. So anyway, that's what we're doing for Earth Science. Algebra 1 is a, a textbook that I got from recommendation from the website, from the Math Mammoth website, because she finished her pre-algebra last year from Math Mammoth. Mm -hmm. And I love Maria at Math Mammoth. Can't say enough about Math Mammoth. Maven has done the entire course, or all the courses. And um, she recommended, this is one of the books that she recommends, um, Maven chose. I narrowed it down to two, and Maven picked which one she wanted to use. And it's called Elementary Algebra by Harold Jacobs. It's a textbook. But um, it has lots of little cartoons in it, and it makes it more tolerable, I think. And um, the way it's formatted and the way that it goes along is um, doable for my very non-traditional child. <laughs> so, and I just have her do the ones that there's an answer in the back. And this one is at the library, so I, don't have, I didn't have to buy it. Mm -hmm. So I just keep renewing it. <laughs> I just keep <laughs> checking it out again. Um, but yeah, I just have her read the read it and do just the an just the questions that have the answers in the back of the book. So she checks her answers and it's enough for me. Yep. She's so far, everything that she's learned so far, everything she's done so far in this book, she already learned from math. Mammoth. <laughs> I'm like, how is that pre-algebra? <laughs> she was doing flat out algebra in pre-algebra. I think I, that's everything I looked at in pre-algebra looked pretty much just like algebra to me. Yeah. I don't know what constitutes pre, but anyway, so next is world history, and this one I'm still kind of working on. Uh, it looks like we're going to have to mainly do the great courses. We're going to use some courses from the great courses. Um, I think I'll, I'll have to put a – which link did I put in here? No, I just put a link to the website. Um, so I guess I can put a link to the actual specific uh, courses that we're using. One of them is – I believe it's called Western Civilization II. Um and it's a it's a course that I was sad to see that there wasn't a DVD for it because um, I really like the great courses for their videos, but this one did not exist, or at least not anymore, um, as a video. It only existed as an audio book, um, audio lecture, because these are courses that are um, college professors. Mm -hmm. So they have they have this at the library, which was really useful. Awesome. And they have. Um, a couple of, uh, or this this was the f first course that was recommended to me by our curriculum coaches. Because when you do high school in um, Inspire, you do uh, you have to consult with a, a curriculum coach to make sure that your curriculum is in line with the standards and that you're going to be able to fulfill the standards to be able to get full credit for it. So um, what I had chosen before, big history project, was a big no. Um, well, it wasn't a no. It was that it didn't meet. It met only a tiny fraction of the standards. So if right. I if I wanted to use it, I was going to have to supplement so much. It was going to be so much work to supplement all the stuff that it was missing. I was like, I don't want to do that much extra work. That's just right. too much work. So I so I just threw that out. Plus, we did a few uh, lessons, and my kids weren't really feeling it anyway. Um, I think the videos are excellent, but like the activities that they had, the ones that we did in the beginning, at least they were very schooly. So um, I really like Big History Project for the videos, but um, the activities, some of them were kind of okay, but my kids were just not feeling it. So, um, mm. so I was like, you know, forget it. I will move on to something else. So they chose. Uh, I I gave the website to the curriculum coaches, and they picked uh, this Western Civilization course fits most of the the requirements for west for world history and then it was just missing a few of the requirements and they found another one that would fit that like would fill in the gaps so i have mm -hmm. two 
and they both had them. I mean, they had both of them at the library. So, and there are both audio um, lectures, which I wish they were video, but they they're not because a lot of the great courses, or at least the newer ones of the great courses that are video, actually have a lot of visuals. Some of the stuff that Tieran's been doing, like the robotics course, and and he was doing, he's watching um, a course about um, uh, what do you call it, uh, architecture and technology from ancient. Greece and stuff mm-hmm. like that, like ancient Greece and ancient Rome, like they have amazing stuff in there. This guy's like showing you how to make a catapult and uh, like all kinds of really neat stuff. Cool. Yeah, the Great Courses is amazing, and um, the newer videos, some of them just have just really cool um, videos. And unfortunately, these are some of the the ones that fulfilled the world history requirements were older, um, but they still sound interesting. So we're going to try it. Now Maven hates audio books, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> um, so we'll see how it goes. So anyway, we're using great courses. I'll put the links to those these specific books um, in the show notes. But I had wanted to use the Crash Course World History, which looks amazing. Amazing. Oh, my gosh, amazing. But I was told that the, that the standards didn't start until lesson four, and there's only six lessons. So, <sighs> or units I think they call them units in this one and I was like seriously <laughs> so again I'm looking at it going so basically I would have to supplement a lot with the great courses anyway so I'm like we're back to the great courses again which I was hoping to use the great courses to supplement crash course but I'm back to great courses I mean supplementing using great courses primarily and supplementing with crash course videos. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to try to pull the crash course videos into her great courses. Mm-hmm. Just means more work though. Cause I have to look at it and see what's the content, which video lines up with that. Right. <laughs> and I was hoping that I wouldn't have to do that. Well, I would have had to do it the other way around too, but still anyway, so we'll put the, both of those links in the show notes though, because I highly recommend the Crash Course World History if you are not having to deal with standards, which I think probably a lot of you guys, if not most of you guys are, and that's fantastic if you don't have to deal with them. Right. <laughs> that's where I'd like to be. I just really want this money. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, highly recommend John Green. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then um, I have two electives that we're, we may or may not fit in, or she may just do kind of on her own. I don't know if she's going to actually get a credit, get credit for these. I'm still working on how to get the these officially on her transcripts. Whether she gets them officially or not, she's working through the Micro Business for Teens um, course that I purchased off of the website, which I believe the website is Micro Business. Yep, it's microbusinessforteens.com. And there's an entire course, and I have the whole list. There's a list on the on the um, the, uh, the link that that I have on the show notes actually goes directly to the product that shows all of the books, and I have all of those because you work your way through. They're short books, and they're written to the kids, so she just works her way through the books, and it teaches them how to how to start and run a business. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she's working her way through that, and then she's still learning Photoshop on her own. Um, she's using Lynda.com, L-Y-N-D-A. Dot com when she needs some tutorials on things um, or she can just Google or um, go to YouTube to look up stuff. Like if she's not sure how to do something, she can just Google it or look it up. Right. Google is amazing. Google's amazing. Um, but she's still, for the most part, she's just kind of playing around with her tablet and, and um, learning it, just learning through doing um, with Photoshop. And I'm trying to figure out how to get her credit for that. Cause that's that to me, 
that should count. Totally. A Photoshop class should totally count. Uh, yeah. Graphic design, Photoshop, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. She should get high school credit for that. Um, but unfortunately, it means that I have to go through their hoops and figure out what exactly she has to, like, she's going to have to turn in some something to show that she's meeting standards. So I have to figure that out still. One way or another, she's doing Photoshop. <laughs> so that's what Maven's doing. Now for Tieran, sixth grade, we're still doing Math Mammoth. Um, he's still in the fifth grade book. He never finished it, actually. Yeah, because he was doing fourth grade for a good portion of last year, and then we got into the fifth grade book, but we only had just started it. So he's wor- he'll probably just do the fifth grade book this year. I, 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 my goal is just to finish that book because mm-hmm. we, we were still very much in the beginning of it just as this year started. So... And we're way behind still. Um, so fifth grade, um, Math Mammoth, which um, is going really well. I actually have been working with him. Um, and we've actually been, instead of having him do, we actually changed the way we do that this year. And it's working out really well. Um, I used to have him just do a page front and back. Mm-hmm. And this time I've set a timer. I said 30 minutes, do 30 minutes. And actually sometimes... He does more than a page in 30 minutes. We sit side by side and we do it together and we correct it as we go. And it's we're enjoying our company and each other's company. And it's, it's actually going along a lot better. And then as soon as he gets frustrated, I can take care of it right then. Yeah. And, and it's like we're like we're bonding. You know, it's like actually I'm actually enjoying it a lot more. And then like he gets something wrong. I can immediately figure out why. And it's, tr- it's actually working out really well versus the way I used to do it before. Um, I always kind of had to sit with him, but it wasn't, it didn't have the same feel. And, t- and when he knows that he's done in 30 minutes, it makes him feel a lot better. He's not like, Oh my God, I still have to do this many problems. It's just like when the timer goes off, we're done. So it's, it, he surprisingly actually gets oftentimes more than a page done. So not always, but depending yeah. on how much, how hard the, the work is on the page. So, Anyway, language arts, he's doing Brave Writer as well, or he will be. We haven't really started this, but, um, you know, language arts kind of blends in with all kinds of other stuff you do, too. So I'm not that worried about the fact we haven't started this curriculum, but we're going to use Writer's Jungle. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a course that he's going to be taking in February. I wasn't able to get into the January courses, one of the January courses, but it's called Kids Write Basic on their website. And because of the funds that we get from Inspire, I was able to get him into that. Which cool. I'm really excited about. So um, that's going to be really cool. And that Kids Write Basic actually uses the Writer's Jungle um, to be able to help you work your way through that book. So if we haven't gotten to it by February, which hopefully <laughs> we will have, but if we haven't, we'll be working through it in February with, with them. There you uh, go. So that's going to be cool. And science, we're still working our way through Pandia Press Chemistry, level one. Yay. Yeah, it's we we love this book, so I want to keep working through it. So chemistry is uh, amazing. It was one of my favorites. Yeah, I really love it. And uh, I was talking to them about the standards, and because it's not within a grade, it's not a sixth grade standard, and because it's not within a year of you know they didn't learn it in fifth. They're, it's not something that they were supposed to learn in fifth or seventh grade that I should do it for his language arts standard. So I'm supposed to turn. I'm supposed to basically do language arts with his chemistry curriculum or something like that. I don't know how that's going to work, but regardless, we're still going to be using the chemistry. I don't care. I'm just going to be doing the chemistry because he likes it. I like it. We're having fun with it. And I want him to learn these concepts. I'm learning a lot from it. So, and he enjoys it. So we're going to keep working our way through that science. So he's doing that. Um, And then for his, Oh, I didn't put it in here because I hadn't figured it out yet. But so for 
so I have it in here for his science, but he's actually not going to be using that for his science. He's actually going to be using CK12. Um, they actually have um, earth science for his level as well. So he actually has, um, basically it's the same class as Maven, but they've made it a little shorter, a little simpler, and, um, you know, more on his level. So um, we only have only done one lesson in it so far, and he's not hating it. So <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah, and I think he'll probably enjoy it as well. So we're going to use Earth Science CK12. So we'll be awesome. doing chemistry and Earth Science. So, And he likes science too, so I don't think he's going to mind that too much. So, um, And because he's not like high school, you, you need to finish a certain amount by the end. You have to like do 80% of the content by the end of the year to be able to get credit for it. He's only in sixth grade. There's no requirements like that. So I have no stress to finish it by the end of the year. So I'm fine with just moving at our own pace kind of thing. Yeah. So, so that's cool. So, uh, and then I, oh, I, I didn't put, cause when I typed this in here, we had not figured it out. So what we're doing for social studies is we're doing history of us by Joy Hakeem. So we're going to use the History of Us curriculum because I already own it and I love it. It's wonderful and and apparently it's okay to do U.S. history. So yay, yay. I got that approved because <laughs> they did it in fifth grade. So he's only in sixth grade. One year, he's okay. That's not bad. Yeah, one year, one year difference is fine. One year up or down, they said, is fine. So, um, so that's what we're going to be doing. And I am building activities to go along with it because I have spent hours because I did it before with Maven and I'm doing it again with Tiran. Google, 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 trying to find activities and they really just don't exist. So I'm creating activities to go along with it and I'm saving them too. So uh, that may become something in the future. We'll see. Cool. Pull that together. But for now, I'm creating it for him. And um, yeah, so I'll be pulling stuff together to, to supplement it. And again, he doesn't have to finish it by the end of the year, which he won't, I guarantee. He's not going to get through all 10 books by the end of the year. We'll be lucky if we get through five. Um, we can go through it at our own pace. So I'm looking forward to that. And it's a really good series. And actually, I looked it up today, and it was actually written for fourth and fifth grade, which I find really odd. I don't think it's written to that. Like, it doesn't seem like that level to me. It seems closer to a high school. No, maybe eighth grade. I could see it, like, for seventh and eighth grade. It doesn't seem like fourth and fifth to me. Yeah. <laughs> it seems higher to me, but that's what it was written on the web page that I found today. It said it's, it's written for fourth and fifth grade. I'm like, really? <laughs> but Maven used it for ninth grade, and a lot of ninth graders use it. So, cool. it, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's what we're using. So, what are you guys using? Let's see. Well, um, like we said, we're, I, I came to a better word than solidify. I, I think our things are starting to coagulate. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. So we started out this school year and Danny really wanted to try online school. Mm -hmm. She's in ninth grade this year, and I was all for her taking on some more responsibility for her own work, and um, by moving to an online um, school structure, she could do that because she could, heck, she could work while I was still asleep in the morning, and it would right. be fine, except that it wasn't. Um, Danny did everything on her side of the screen that she was supposed to do, but the people on the other side of the screen were not holding up their end of the agreement. Oh, no. And so we did that for a while and it was just not going to work for us um, because um, the way they did things, um, it seemed very punitive um, and, and I really didn't like the way they um, 
they worked their quizzes and things. If you didn't get a good enough score, they would lock you out of the program. So you did badly on your math quiz. Now we're going to lock you out of your math course for, and it would, sometimes it was up, at one point it was up to three weeks. That makes no sense. I know. And they weren't responding to her emails and messages and um, my emails and messages and Beth, our educational coordinator's uh, emails and messages. So I finally just said, nope, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. So we went back to the tried and true. Danny for language arts is using moving beyond the page ages 12 to 14. And um, this is the final year of moving beyond the page unless Keith gets something written between now and next fall. Um, And we are at this point enjoying it greatly. She just finished animal farm, which I loved and she hated, which was expected. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I knew she was going to hate it, but um, sometimes you got to read stuff you hate. Yeah. And especially for language arts. And um, now she's reading, though, the um, Einstein adds a dimension, part of the, the story of science you were mentioning um, by Joy Hakim. Oh, uh-huh. Um, and that's, she's reading it as, um, you know, how to read nonfiction. So she's like learning how to highlight and how to write notes in the margins and that kind of thing. And um, that was fun, by the way, trying to get her to highlight in a book. Oh. She did. She didn't want to write in the book. She was oh, like, right. "Dad said she wasn't going to write in the book." So I, I sat down on her floor and I pulled out all my highlighters and I said, "This is how you do it." And I did the first page for her, and I said, "See, it's okay. You can write in this book. I own it, and and we can do whatever we want to with it as long as you don't like rip pages out of it or something." Mm-hmm. And so finally, she got into it, and um, so that's going really well. And I like that because that is a system that I understand. Yeah, <laughs> but well, this will be, oh, gosh, our seventh. You're using it? Yeah, I think. Moving beyond the page? Moving beyond the page. That's like our seventh year using it. Mm. Um, Currently, her math is um, up in the freaking air, which is exactly (laughs) what I wrote in the notes. Um, (laughs) She's doing Khan Academy uh, algebra right now. Mm -hmm. It's it's not enough. Um, CK12 has math math too. Yeah, I I actually have it open in another window so I can go and research it. But I also got in, um, I'm going to pronounce it wrong again. I think it's elect. Or Alex? Yeah. It's Alex. Um, I um, bought Alex for a year. Um, And so they actually have a California state standard algebra class. So I'm fairly certain that's what she's going to be using. But it won't be ready until January. So um, probably, well, I mean, it's Christmas vacation now, basically, right? We've got another week left. Yeah, oh yeah. So I'll let her do Khan Academy for a week, and then hopefully I'll have Alex ready for her by next year. But um, I will have to report back on math, because it is currently not um, set in stone. It has not coagulated. Um, For history, she is doing Pandia Press, American History Odyssey. That's their newest history odyssey offering, and it is high school level. Mm-hmm. And so far, nobody has said anything to me yet, and mm-hmm. I recommend they don't, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just me. <laughs> and then for elective, she was taking a digital arts course on the online school, and um, oh gosh, it was so low level. She was so bored. Um 
the stuff they were doing was so simple and the program they were using was awful. So, I mean, I guess it's gl- I'm kind of glad she got out of that, except that it was nice to have something solid that I could point to and say, this is a digital arts class, see? Mm-hmm. So now I'm having to go, okay, well, we're going to just use your DeviantArt account and use that as your, you know, um, portfolio of the work you did for the year and your YouTube account. And that's your portfolio of the work you did. Well, I guess it would just be for the semester because fall semester, I need to kind of create something that says this is our digital arts class. But for spring semester, she's taking a class from the animation course, which is so awesome. Okay, so I found this class and I was looking at it and I was like, oh, this looks cool. Okay, they use Adobe Illustrator, which is something that she wants to learn how to use and um, character creator, which she wants to learn to use. Okay, this is cool. So I used school funds to sign up for it. But the really, really, really awesome thing about this is it's taught by a gentleman named Chad Stewart, who um, was an animator on Tarzan oh, and cool. Emperor's New Groove and Fantasia 2000. And he also did the Polar Express and Stuart Little. So he can do both like drawing and like um, character animation. Like, I don't know how to describe it like that, that screen capture kind of thing. Uh But what makes him even more awesome is he has homeschooled for the last 16 years, Ah. four daughters and four sons who were adopted. The four sons were adopted from Liberia, West Africa. Uh So not only is this guy like a Disney animator and he's got this awesome course, he's also a homeschooler. So Uh I will put a link in the show notes to this um this course he does um a four-part animation course and then he also has a four-part drawing course currently the spring semester is full uh-huh um but um he will be opening a new class in the summer so if you want to check that out so anyways super excited about the animation class and it's a live class they they meet for an hour a week online um so that's I'm I'm more excited about that than I really am about the rest of the things really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to see what she does with it cuz she's she's been doing animations and she's been doing all that kind of stuff already but to have somebody like officially teach her how to do it's going to be awesome. Uh-huh. That's one of the things that I hate is that I can teach them math and I can teach them how to diagram a sentence and how to write an essay, but I can't teach her how to draw. Oh, right. <laughs> cuz I can't draw. So like I can't teach her music cuz I can't play music so mm-hmm. I always have to uh, I'm always happy when I can find good solid um, things to use to teach her those things um, let's see Jack Jack who um, as I said just turned 11 as an and is in fifth grade his is a lot easier for <laughs> language arts history and science he is using moving beyond the page 8 to 10 and um, we're loving that we are currently reading Native American uh, myths um reading about um create like myths to explain stuff so like how butterflies were made or you know um why some people some tribes were good hunters and all sorts of really great stuff like that and he's Mm -hmm. enjoying that a lot and what i love about moving beyond the pages their science and their history are correlated to whatever you're reading in language arts Mm -hmm. so our right now for our um, science we're studying um interdependence um uh, in nature and um that kind of thing and and natural resources and what's a natural resource and what isn't and that kind of thing so it goes along with the stories that we're reading I love that I think that's great and I think I'm going to just stick with that for Jack now until we run out I mean it's just it's so easy and it's such a fantastic uh, curriculum Um, as as you can probably tell I really 
really appreciate moving beyond the page. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're also, he's still doing um, All About Reading um, from All About Learning Press. And he is currently on level four of that and um, zipping through quite nicely. Again, another amazing, amazing curriculum that I can't say enough about. Um, if you remember when we first started this, um, Jack was barely reading. Right. And um, we're, we're inching up there to grade level. We're like, oh, we're just nipping on the tail of grade level right now. <laughs> so close and uh, I'm super pleased with that and that's all because of all about reading and then uh, for math he's using math mammoth uh, grade five he uh, math mammoth is a great program and there's no reason to mess with what works (laughs) that's how I feel (laughs) (laughs) I mean I I think it's great and like that's what Danny used all the way up until what last year I think and um, so I think that's what Jack's going to stick with until once again they branch off into algebra and we have to find something else. Yeah I wish she would write her algebra curriculum. She may eventually but she just That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. Well it'll be be awesome. Well maybe she'll write it by the time our boys need it. (laughs) Yes. That'd be awesome. Yes. So, um, like I said, that Jax was easy. Um, that's pretty much all he's using right at this point, officially, um, for credit. So, um, speaking of books, <laughs> if you're planning on purchasing any of the books that we just mentioned from Amazon or Audible, please consider clicking through our affiliate links in the sidebar of our website at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. We have links to Amazon, Audible, Discount School Supply, Kerclick, and more. And it won't cost you anything extra, and it helps support the show. And In fact, Kirklick has Math Mammoth, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'm not positive, but I think so. Yeah, so I think almost all of this you could get. I know a lot of these are available on Amazon, so almost all of this stuff you could get at one of those links. Yeah, awesome. So check it out. Mm. So now we'd like to take some time for our sponsors. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects and activities, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOMS for free shipping on your next order. And by Pantia Press, a family-run homeschool publishing company specializing in secular science and history curriculum. Pantia offers History Odyssey, featuring easy-to-follow lessons, reading and writing assignments, map work, and fun activities, including their newest release, American History Odyssey, for 9th to 12th grade. And Real Science Odyssey, an incremental science program presented in an entertaining story-like format with hands-on activities incorporating background science information, labs, reading lists, journaling ideas, and more. Pandia Press offers a fantastic try-before-you-buy on their website so you can see how their program works for yourself. Visit pandiapress.com for more information. And by Math Mammoth an affordable, mastery-based curriculum for homeschoolers, written by a Finnish math teacher turned homeschooler. I love Math Mammoth because there is very little prep work for me. It is practically self-teaching written to the student. I also appreciate their use of engaging visual models and exercises to explain not just the how of math, but the why as well. Math Mammoth provides both complete curriculum for grades 1 through 7, as well as work texts on specific math topics. These can be purchased in either digital downloads or print and are available in a variety of international options. Learn more at mathmammoth.com.
So now we're going to revisit a topic that we originally did way back when in episode two, homeschooling legally in California. Upon re-listen, we found out that we had left a few things out. We had wandered off topic slightly, (laughs) and maybe we didn't get you all of the information that you needed to know. So we're going to revisit it today. Now, two things that we're going to refer to a lot while we're talking is the California Homeschool Network, um, CHN, and the Homeschool Association of California, which is HSC. And we're also going to put a link to a PDF file from the California Homeschool Network, a step-by-step guide to starting your homeschool, which is an amazing step-by-step resource for starting your homeschool in California. So keep in mind, in California, a child is subject to compulsory education and entry into the first grade the year he or she turns six before September 1st. So prior to that, there is no need to be enrolled in school or keeping any sort of um, records for your homeschool. Well, of course, we understand that you're still educating at home. Um, There's no need to keep any official records prior to your child turning six. Right. And that's because kindergarten is not mandatory. Kindergarten is not mandatory in California. Right. So, Tino, why don't you get us started? Okay, so number one, the private school affidavit. Um, This is the way that our family started our homeschooling career, also called a PSA. So, a private school has been defined as any school, whether conducted for profit or not, giving a course of training similar to that given in a public school at or below the 12th grade, including but not limited to schools owned or operated by any church. So uh, what this means is that you can declare your home a school. Um, that by law in California, you can make your house a school with just your children. Um, and actually, you can also... You can also become a private school for other people's kids too, but there's a whole bunch of, a whole other set of rules for that. And you can find the information on HSC and CHN's website about that, but we're not going to go into that today. But just so as you know, you can look that up as well. So um, for the private school affidavit, you must file an affidavit annually every year. This affidavit does not establish a school. It merely lets the California Department of Education or the CDE know that a school has been established. Any individual may establish a private school in any location without a teaching credential. You don't need a teaching credential, so don't let anybody tell you you have to. Mm-hmm. Or, or a business motive as long as he or she follows the statutory requirements, which are the, that's what I'm talking about now is the requirements. The affidavit does not license, evaluate, recognize, approve of, or endorse a private school. The School of California does not accredit public or private schools. The affidavit itself is just a statistical tool. It's just so they can keep track of who's got private schools, basically. It's just to make a directory of private schools. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the affidavit is just a statistical tool and necessary to affect the pupil's exemption from compulsory public school enrollment and attendance. So it's just to keep those truant officers off your back, (laughs) basically. (laughs) The CDE does not accept... Affidavits during the month of August and September, even if your school begins during those months. Uh, children in private schools in California are not required to take any standardized tests. So this is a, this is a lot of people really like this. This is why they go the private school route because if you do go with a charter school, uh, your your most most charter schools are going to require you to take standardized tests. Although you can legally opt out, a lot of them are still going to give you a hard time about it. So yes. Um, so this is why a whole lot of people go the private school route because then you don't have to deal with standardized tests. Um, 
So now talking about the the date and when to do it. Um, here's the private school requirements. The administrator of every private school must file an affidavit with the superintendent of public instruction between October 1st and October 15th of each year. Now this is if you're starting at the beginning of the school year. Um, and I have a link in the show notes that directly takes you to the page where you will f be able to file this. So you won't have to go look it up. Um, so it says uh, schools that begin at the first of the school year will wait until October 1st to file their affidavit, even if it's their first filing. Now, schools that start after October 15th, but before the end of this current school year, are just going to file their affidavit whenever your school is started. So if you decided to start homeschooling in December, like maybe you just pulled your kid out of school at that point, or maybe you have a child who's kind of young still and you didn't have to, but you decided you wanted to, um, for whatever reason you decided you wanted to start doing this, you would file your affidavit in December. Mm -hmm. So... Private school instructors must be capable of teaching, quote unquote, capable of teaching. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they say this capable of teaching, but they don't, there's not any actual specific guidelines as to what that means. That's very mm. open to interpretation. Um, as it says here, there is, however, no requirement in the California Education Code that mandates that teachers in a private school setting hold a state teaching credential or have the equivalent training. Um, and if you think about it, um, if you have any experience with private schools, I used to work at a private school. You don't have to have a teaching credential to teach at a private school. A lot of private schools do have credentialed teachers, but that's their choice. By law, they don't have to have a teaching credential. You don't have to have a teaching credential to teach at a private school. The private mm -hmm. school gets to decide that. So it's you have the same rules as any other private school out there. Um, so let's see what else. The names and addresses, including city and street of the faculty, must be kept on file as must a record of the educational qualifications of each instructor. So your qualifications may be that you graduated high school or not. You might not have. Um, maybe you went to college or not. Whatever it is, you would just put that as your education. Or your, your whole qualification may just be, I'm his mother. That might be your qualification, and that's fine too. Whatever it is, you're going to have that in a file. Um, the instruction must be in English, and the instruction must be offered in... Sev the several branches of study required to be taught in public schools. And I'm going to tell you what that means. Um, the materials and methods you use to teach these areas are up to you. Um, so here's a, uh, oh, and you are not required to teach every subject as long as it's offered and available to the student. So you have to offer it, but you don't have to teach it, which is so odd to me, but that's how it is. <laughs> you have to offer science, but you don't have to teach it. Now, all of us out there that are teaching our kids, of course, are going to do this because we want our kids to have rounded education. None of us want our kids to grow up to not know how to add two plus two, right? So we're all right. going to be doing this. It's not like we're going, oh, I don't have to teach math, so I'm not going to do it, right? We all know that we want what's best for our kids, so we're not going to take this literally, right? <laughs> but by law, it's nice to know that by law, this, you know, there's nobody saying you have to teach this. So. Here is the requirements of the subjects that you have to offer. Grades one to six, you have to offer English, math, social sciences, science, fine arts, health, and physical education. And for grades seven through 12, you have to include all of that that I just mentioned. And then you also have to add 
foreign language, applied arts, vocational education, and driver's education. Okay. So, all right, so moving on to the records you must keep. You, of course, have to keep a copy of the completed private school affidavit, so I recommend printing it up as soon as you do it. Actually, it's not a bad idea to also save a PDF copy of it in case you lose the printed copy. Um, a lot of times what I would, what I used to do is I'd print two copies of it. I'd keep one in my purse and then I would file the other one in, in a file. Um, and, and you, and keep all of them like every year that you're doing this. Mm. Um, I don't think anything's ever going to happen, but if God forbid something ever happened, I have every single year that we ever private school homeschooled. Mm-hmm. Um, I could show somebody, but the reason I keep it in my purse is because since you don't have a, an ID card, although there are websites where you can go get an ID card, you use the private school affidavit to show places like Barnes and Nobles, Joann's, that kind of thing. You sh- that's what you use for your teacher ID and you can show them so that you can get a discount. So a little, little tidbit there. Yes. Um, so yeah, cause if you don't have an ID card, that's your ID. That's how you prove to them that you're a teacher. Um, so Let's see. You also have to keep an attendance record indicating dates absent. So some homeschoolers just use a calendar. You just have a calendar and a lot of people would just like you could mark what, you know, when you're doing school, but really you're pretty much doing school all the time. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, life is school, but if you want to, you could just check when you're doing school. You could do it that way if you want. Or a lot of people that I knew used to just mark the absent days. So they would just keep it and they'd have like a little key that would say um, days absent equals and put the symbol or whatever. And then they just mark the absent days, the days that they had sick days or vacation or whatever. And they would just mark that and then they would keep the calendar in a folder. Um, now, there, if you want a printable attendance record, we have a link in the show notes that, that works really well for that. Yes. Um, you also have to keep in your records faculty qualifications and addresses, private school teachers, Again, need not hold a teaching credential, but must be, quote unquote, capable of teaching. Like I said, you're capable just by being their parent. So don't stress over not having any training or experience or anything like that. Don't stress over that. You've been teaching your child since they were born. You're capable. Um, so, you know, put whatever, if you have other qualifications, put that down. But if you don't, don't worry if, if your only qualification is that you're their mother. Right. That's fine. Nobody's ever going to look at this, chances are, so don't worry about that. And if they do, you're still qualified. So the next thing you have to keep, record you have to keep, is the courses of study offered by the institution. So that would be your math, your science, your history. And just like Becky and I just told you, all of our curriculum, you would just list all of that. You would say, we're using Math Mammoth for math, we're using History of Us for uh, for history, and yada 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 you just list all of those each year you're going to list what curriculum what you know and if you decide that you're just going to use you know youtube videos of whatever for um you know history or whatever like you might want to put a little bit more specific stuff in there but if you're going to use library books you know that kind of thing you're going to write all that stuff out there and put put in there what you're going to use so uh the next thing is California's immunization law changed in 2014 and then again in 2016. And while children enrolled in public and private schools will no longer be allowed to submit a personal beliefs exemption or waiver, home-based private schools are exempt. So you don't have to, your kids do not have to be vaccinated, but you do still have to have a record. So 
um, immunization records are still required to be in the student file. So what you do is, we got the link in the show notes to a PDF file for you to print up. You take that, you print it up, and uh, you fill in the parts that you can fill in, name, address, phone number, all that kind of stuff, the information, birth date, whatever of your child. And if your kid has no vaccinations, you just leave a blank, and you put that in their records. That's all you need to do. Yep. Because um, there's no more waivers. Okay, so that's all the records that you have to have. That's not very much. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So parents working exclusively with their own children are not required to undergo FBI criminal background checks, like fingerprinting, um, as required of classroom teachers. They also do not need a TB test for homeschooling purposes. So you don't have to do any of that stuff. So private schools that are dealing with other people's kids, they do have to do that, but you don't because it's just your kids. Um, now, I got this quote off of one of the websites. I can't remember which one, but um, this is really good information to have. Um, we recommend that you keep these records in two separate binders. The first binder should hold the records that a government government official, such as an attendance officer, is legally entitled to see without a warrant or a subpoena. And these are the things that you should keep in the first binder. Number one, a copy of a filed private school affidavit. Number two, your in- attendance records. And number three, a letter verifying that the children are enrolled in and attending your school. So just a letter saying that. My kids are attending such and such, because uh, you're going to have to actually name your school when you fill out the paperwork. Um, so come up with some cutesy name. People come up with all kinds of... Cre- so I've heard of Minecraft names. and Yeah, <laughs> like ours all- is the, the Gift Academy for Gifted Youngsters. Yeah, <laughs> ours was Scott Smith Academy, because Scott was my maiden name, and Smith is my married name, so I just named it Scott Smith Academy. I find that Academy is in almost every homeschool charter. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> um, private school. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Every, well, I stole mine from the X-Men, so oh, yeah. became, uh, Stan Lee for mine. Everybody seems to like the name Academy, though. Isn't that funny? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if you see Academy in the name, it's probably a homeschool, private school. Most likely. <laughs> but anyway, make up your own name. It doesn't matter what it is. Although some people say it's better to not be too cutesy because it's real obvious it's a homeschool. But I don't know that that matters because people probably don't even look at the list. But Exactly. Um. Now, that's, that's it. Just those three things. The private school affidavit, your attendance records, and that letter. That's all you need in the first binder. And that's all that they are legally allowed to see without a subpoena, without a warrant or a subpoena. Now, the second binder is going to hold the other records that you're required by law to keep, but they can't see it without a, without a, a subpoena or a warrant. So um, this one is going to hold your courses of study offered, your faculty qualifications, and the immunization records. Um, so even though you're required to, to keep these, um, no public official is entitled to see them without a subpoena. So, so you know, it's just, it's a technicality, basically. You just keep yeah. them just in case. I don't know, whatever. You just, they say that you need to have it on hand because you're supposed to have them. Um, in fact, we believe that many of these records cannot even be seen with a subpoena. However, the law requires you to have them and you are signing under penalty of perjury that you do have them. So do have them on hand. Yeah, better to have them and not need them exactly. ever. Exactly. So that's all it, there is to the private school requirements. And then, of course, you can do whatever you want. Nobody is telling you that you have to do standards. Nobody is, has any hoops for you. You get to decide anything that you want to do with your kids. If you want your kids to do 
you know, um, Minecraft curriculum the entire year, go for it. You know, you get to create your own thing. You get to, that's why people like to do the private school, um, affidavit because you nobody's telling you what to do now that's the plus side of it the downside of it is that a lot of people don't like to do it because there is no oversight there is no buddy holding your hand yep. and th that really scares a lot of people so also your address and your name is public which some people really don't like so because it's on the list of private schools uh, I never had any problem. It's like anybody ever showed up at my door. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can get, I totally get that being, unco being uncomfortable for people. Um, because, you know, all of these private school addresses are published. Um, I believe it's published on the web somewhere, actually. Uh, but I, I don't quote me on that. But it is a published list that people have access to. People, I don't know who, what people, but it's public. Um, yeah. So, uh to get around that, there's a second option, which is called a private school satellite program. And this one is kind of a little hybrid thing that some people really like. It's also called PSSP. And a private school satellite program is a private school which, um, which is run by somebody else, um, which has filed the affidavit for you. And so when you sign up, you become a teacher at that school. So there may be like, you know, it could be just five families. It could be 250 families it could be you know, any size it could be whatever mm -hmm. um so your name and address are not going to appear on the affidavit because they're going to file the affidavit for uh, on your behalf because they're they're going to become the private school and then they're just going to sign everybody up as a teacher um, but it doesn't your name's not on the affidavit so these schools range from cooperatives to for-profit PS pssps that file paperwork for you and collect records for a fee um, to site-based day schools that offer independent study to distance learning programs. So there's all different kinds of programs that could be PSSPs. Mm -hmm. um, so they vary widely in their offerings, their philosophy, and their structure. Some offer complete curriculum and home study assignments, and others serve only as administrative record keepers for independent homeschooling. And some families appreciate the structure, the record keeping, and the anonymity that they offer. I know in our area, uh, most of the satellite programs that I know, private school satellite programs that I know of are run by um, churches. Mm -hmm. a, lot of, a lot of churches run them. Um, and so they're run uh, as part of their, their programs. Um, and uh, there may be other ones that I'm not aware of, but those are the ones that I, I'm, that I know of. So, um, and they usually charge a fee. There's usually like an annual fee. It's usually not a whole lot as far as I know, but they do usually charge a fee. And some places, some of these uh, satellite programs actually are money makers and they actually charge a lot of money. Not the ones that I'm thinking of here locally, but I know that there are some out there that actually charge a lot. So it just kind of depends. But they may offer a whole lot too. So right. they could offer a whole curriculum and, you know. So anyway, that's the first two options for homeschooling, uh, legally homeschooling in California. And now we're going to go into the next ones. The next way to legally homeschool in California is via the Public School Independent Study Program or the Public Charter School. Public School Independent Study Programs or ISPs or Public Charter Schools is how Tina and I currently homeschool our children through a public charter school. ISPs and charter schools are considered to be a public school. They receive monies from the state for their students and are free to attend. 
students have to follow state standards for curriculum and are subject to the same testing requirements as public schools. Now, um, as Tina mentioned previously, um, you can opt out of the testing, but with the public charter school system, that's kind of, that can come back and get you because if you choose not to be tested, then you can, the school can choose not to let you come back the next year. So uh, we currently haven't ever experienced that. We've I've always opted Jack out and Danny has always been tested and we've never had a problem, but we shall see how that continues with Inspire. It depends on the school. It, it really does depend on the individual schools. Yeah. And the testing is how they get their money. So that's why they push so heavily for it. Exactly. Because they are a public school, they're required to meet the same testing standards as a regular public school, mm -hmm. which is why I always let Danny be tested. And when she goes into test, I say, look, I don't care what your score is, but the school right. needs X number of warm butts and seats. Yeah. And so <laughs> yours will be one of them. Yeah. Um, right. Because it's not stressful for her to test. Right. So, I mean, exactly. might as well. With Jack, it, it would be way more stressful. And I just wouldn't want to put him through that if I can possibly avoid it. Mm -hmm. Now, public charter schools usually um, have... Um, well, okay. So, I, when I wrote this, we talked about it. And then uh, I probably should change this. Some public charter schools <laughs> have yeah. site-based instruction with smaller classroom sizes and specific areas of focus. Like here in Fresno, we have magnet schools that are like technology-based or what have you. Um, uh, actually, we know a lot of kids that go to um, public charter schools that are site-based instructions, instruction Based. Now, our charter school is um, actually set up to engage the homeschool community. Right. And so they are specifically targeting people who want to um, teach their children at home. Now, Tina, um, because she goes to the specialty school, she gets to have um, enrichment classes um, through that. Now, we don't, my family doesn't take advantage of that um, at this point, but um, that is often available with public charter schools. Yeah, it's um, actually it's actually part of the charter. It's not actually a charter itself. It's a special right. program that's part of that charter umbrella. Yeah. Uh, so confusing. Huh. It is confusing. <laughs> <laughs> um, public charter schools often provide either curriculum or funding for educational expenses. So like the first school that we went to, um, oh, even ERCLC too, uh, to a um, to a degree, though, they would order stuff for you um, more readily. Right. Um, and that's, have, the, that's the program that we used to go to, for those who don't know. Right. That's Sorry. our last <laughs> charter school. Yes. Um, and I went to one previous to that, even, called Central Valley. And what they have is, is big libraries of curriculum. Like, Central right. Valley had what was called the barn, and you'd go out to the barn, and it was just filled with curriculum. Oh, wow. um, ERCLC had that lovely library. Oh, yeah. Um, that was so nice. Um and now Inspire doesn't seem to have anything like that. I yet. don't know that they have yet. They will slowly the start new. building a curriculum yeah. library as people return stuff to them. But so they provide funds instead so that you can choose what you purchase. Mm -hmm. And um, families are usually monitored by a supervising teacher or educational coordinator. They're called different things. Right. Um, and they work with the family to find resources. And then um, once a month usually collects work samples, any forms or attendance that's needed for state reporting purposes. They take care of all of that for you. Mm -hmm. um, and so you, you basically your ch child is a regular member of the school district, except that they go to school at home. Yeah. Um, and this is the, the method of homeschooling that I'm most familiar with, because this is the way I've done it since the beginning. We've never done the um, 
private school affidavit that we almost did once. Um, things to consider about this option, um, such as non-consumable materials are available on loan, meaning that they don't belong to you. They belong to the school. Like right now we have a laptop and a rock tumbler and a few other things that are marked clearly across them that they belong to the school. Textbooks um, that you don't write in, those kinds of things, those are considered non-consumable. And when you leave the school, not at the end of the year usually, usually it's when you leave the school forever, meaning you've either graduated or moved on to another school, that's when you have to return everything. Mm-hmm. Most public charter schools offer a budget for a wide variety of curricula and extracurricular classes, such as music, dance, taekwondo, that kind of thing. Well, um, not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because some of them don't offer cash. Some of them offer the programs instead. Right, right. I, I think that it just d- different ones offer different things, and right. really, you've got to look to find the one that's going to fit best for your family. Right. If you are with an ISP, which is usually independent study through a school, so like um, a local school here, Clovis High. So if you go to Clovis High and um, you get sick or you get in trouble or something like that and you can't attend class, then they allow the um, work to be taken home and worked on there. And then when you do that, you can often continue to take classes or sporting, do sports or whatever at that school, but not all offer that opportunity. Right. Um, support systems that are offered... Um, very widely depending on the school some schools are and, and even to the point that some teachers yeah. <laughs> at a specific school are very you know focused and in, in like very hands-on into your business and then sometimes <laughs> they're very hands-off and not into your business and each school is going to be different and I think the best way to find out about that is to talk to people who are at the school yeah if you can find local people who are already um, students there, their families are already a part of that, then talk to them and see, you know, how involved is the school and, and find the, the comfort level that, that you have, you know. Yeah. Parents are asked to sign a contract agreeing that they will allow their student to be tested. If a student does opt out of testing, the student may not be allowed to re-enroll the following year. We discussed that. Right. You sign a, what's called a master agreement at the beginning of the year that says you'll take attendance and you'll... Uh, turn in your work samples and that you'll do testing and all of that sort of thing. Um, the requirements of ISPs and charter schools are subject to the dictates of state and local authorities, meaning that if you choose a charter school, you do have to use curriculum that at least tries to follow the state standards. Um, oftentimes has to strictly follow the state standards. Again, depends on the school. Mm-hmm. There are moderate to heavy restrictions through compliance with curriculum guidelines, administrative supervision, and our record keeping depending on the school. Again, different schools, different amount of um, how restrictive they are on um, your record keeping and, and that kind of thing and how much they want to oversee what you're doing. And um, public programs may not offer religious materials or any religious instruction um, and any religious instruction must be done after recorded school hours so what that means is that if even if you go to a charter school that offers funds you can't use your funds for any sort of religious curriculum um, even if it's not I mean obviously you can't use it for Bible study curriculum mm-hmm. but you can't also can't use it for you know um, exploring astronomy in God's creation and that kind of thing mm-hmm. it, um, it, no religious um, curriculum at all. And if you do teach Bible study or you use Bible verses for your copy work, you can't count that as school time. So um, that has to, any religious instruction has to be absolutely separate from your recorded school hours. Right. 
that doesn't mean you can't do it. It just right. means that they're not going to count it. Right. So, um, and then there's a third option, which I'm just going to touch on for one brief second, because, you know, we're already kind of got a lot of, of stuff here going on. That's the virtual charter school option. And those are like Kava and Connections Academy and K-12, though um, K-12 is not all online, I don't think. Um, and those are programs that are usually done either mostly or entirely online. And um, those are often for-profit um, schools. They're still mm -hmm. free to attend, but um, they are, it's all, the work is almost all exclusively done online. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a link for you guys in the show notes to the California Charter School Locator, which <clears throat> now I have to explain that because it's mm -hmm. going to be very confusing because <laughs> we've just told you charter schools, homeschool charter schools, like what we do, and ISPs is what's the regular public school, except that on their list, the type of school that Tina and I uh, use is is listed as an ISP. So if you use the charter school locator, make sure you go to each individual school page to make sure that uh, what they're offering is exactly what you're looking for. Because the way they word it on there, it's a little confusing. Yeah. So. And the difference between an ISP and a charter is confusing. Because it really is. Our terminology of what it means is, di is different than what the public school is because like when we talk about a homeschool charter versus an independent study program we're talking about um an independent study program is a program that is run by a school district so they have regular public school brick and mortar kids going there full time and then they also have an independent study program that they also allow um they will sign up kids for. And most of those kids are not homeschoolers. They do right. have homeschoolers, but most of those kids are not homeschoolers. These are the kids that have gotten sick or have gotten into trouble or for whatever reason they need to do some study. A lot of kids who are like have long-term diseases, they're the ones that are doing independent study programs at home because they can't come to school. And that's what an independent study program has been created for. It's not for homeschoolers, although homeschoolers can plug into it. And so right. many do. So that's, and those are run by school districts. And so that's very much school at home. But a homeschool charter is very different. And oftentimes, if not, I don't even know if it might be all the time, they are their own school district. They're, they're their own separate entity. And um, like Eleanor Roosevelt was its own school district. I don't know about Inspire. I, I think Inspire is with Fresno School District. Okay. Well, then I guess they're not always. But sometimes they may be their own school district. Um, so I guess there are exceptions. So it might not be. But they are their own little entity. They don't, they're not run out of, uh, they may have the umbrella of a school district, but they are their own little entity. And um, they're specifically designed for homeschoolers. And that's a whole different ballgame because these are people who, you and I, who are have a lifestyle of homeschooling, which is very different from the independent study program kids. Exactly. Those are those yeah. are kids who've gone through public school all the way, and then for whatever reason, now they have to step out of the right. classroom. Right. Yes. Um, I just pulled up the the charter school locator again. Um, what you guys, if you're looking for a homeschool charter. The, the terminology we use, homeschool charter, which is the kind of school that Tina and I go to, it's going to be the pink ones. <laughs> but, then, but not all the pink ones are the kind of program we go to. So <laughs> don't even look at the ones that are white. Only look at the pink ones. And then in there, you have to look and see which each individual one, whether it's the type of school you're looking for 
or not. But definitely pink is the way to go on there. Yeah. And I like it because it's broken down by county. Mm-hmm. And um, and keep in mind, there are schools like Inspire and ERCLC and I think even Central Valley that they can, not, they can serve the county that they're in, but they can also serve counties that they touch. Um, right. So if, yeah. So if there's a school you're interested in and it's not in your county, but it touches your county, make sure you look into it because there's a possibility you might be able to get into it still. Right. Okay. So that's ISPs and charter schools. And then the last option yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the credentialed teacher or tutor option. With the credentialed teacher-tutor option, parents may employ a teacher with a multiple-subject teaching credential to provide instruction for their children. Now, I literally have never, ever heard of this ever being used, yeah, I know. except kids in Hollywood, right? like the ones that are on TV shows that have to be on the set all the time or ones that are filming movies. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that have the credentialed teachers that come into their trailer and, and teach them in between um, their, their shoots on the set. So that's really the only time I've ever heard of that. But if you want to go with this, you just need to know that ch- children are required to have at least three hours of instruction a day for a minimum of 175 days a year in the state required subjects. Mm-hmm. On. Yeah. So like I said, I, I really don't know of anybody ever doing this. Um, if you have, please let me know in the show notes because I am super curious to whether anyone other than stars ever do this. Right. Um, because yeah. it, I would imagine it's probably rather expensive to hire a teacher for sure. your one child. Well, yeah. And then I, I've known plenty of credential teachers who homeschool and they don't use this option. Yeah, so I'm thinking that there's a reason why it's just not very widely used. And I think that reason is it's only used for children's stars, yeah. child, child stars. Maybe, perhaps very wealthy people, but we don't know any wealthy people. So. <laughs> I don't know any very wealthy people. No, no. not this wealthy. <laughs> wealthy enough to hire a teacher. <laughs> yep. So I think that was everything. I think it was. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com and you can find the show notes specific to this episode at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 64. And while you're on our site, you can drop us a note or voicemail and let us know if you have any ideas for show topics or guests. Goodbye, everyone. Have a great week and come back and take a break with us again next time. And we promise we won't make you wait so long. Yeah. (laughs) Barring any more emergencies. (laughs) Bye. Bye. And uh, as you'll listen, as I share. (laughs) So a private school has been. (laughs) Public school independent school. Yeah, I'm gonna get through this. <laughs> so, with the credential teeter teeter, <laughs> I'm getting gosh darn it, we're almost there. Okay. And just like Maven, <laughs> you're you're Becky, not Maven. Uh-huh. <laughs>